It's Social Media Hustling. I'm your host, Andy Pondillo, with the second edition of the program. I thank you for joining us. Uh, so last time, it was the pilot episode. It was with me alongside my former boss man, MD. I appreciate uh, everyone who gave that a listen, kind of... You know, a starting point for me to get this thing rolling, uh, to really get my message out there, and really lead off with a fantastic guest. I mean, man, did MD ever bring it down or what? It hit us with a bunch of truth, a truth pill. Um, we definitely overdosed on knowledge, and you know, just from that conversation, I learned quite a few things about the Instagram influencer market. Uh, we take a different direction on social media this this episode, as we'll bring in Tony Bubb, actually a former recruiter of mine, the professional lover of life. Uh, we call her a fantastic guest and a LinkedIn superstar. Not always the platform that a lot of us think about for personal branding, uh, but when we run through the numbers, one of the most valuable platforms on the internet for personal branding. So she's going to be a fantastic guest. We'll look for her midway through the show. Uh, the thing I want to lead off with on every episode is what am I burning on this week? With social media, uh, we know that this thing is popping 24-7. Uh, the experiences continue to change. The algorithms continue to change. And really, pop culture and business continues to change and that was pretty evident when toys r us went down if toys r us of the world the blockbusters of the world if these companies don't make it in today's age i like to investigate why and the next one on the list there's been several of these corporate companies going through a lot of issues right now uh, would be gap the clothing store so what i'd like to burn on is how would we fix gap for 2019 and really the first thing is um, I'd like to just ask them if I could. They're closing about, what is it, 200 and se or 775 stores will be closing as they disband from the Old Navy branch. Uh, first thing I'd like to ask them is, how do we get to this point? How do we get to 2019 in the company MO right now is we want to go more digital? Why did it take till 2019 to get to this point? And this isn't really an answer for a social media specialist, a regional manager, and maybe not even a C-level manager. It could be a lot of different things that come into play, a lot of red tape. Uh, it's a question that really isn't meant to be answered, but is a question that if you're a business and you're on the fringe trying to figure out what you want to do, you need to ask yourself, why did it take this long to get to this point? But more importantly, how do we fix it? So looking at their Facebook page right now, December 28th, 2018, the last time Gap made a post. Now, I know that there are some management changes. I know that there's some corporate shuffling going on over there right now. Um, it's still no excuse. It's inexcusable not to post uh, since December 28th. You wouldn't just not do marketing because you're in between management. You just wouldn't not run TV commercials ever or not have paper pamphlets that you hand out uh, because you're going through some transition. So why do you just not have Facebook posts going up? This is not something just to do. This is business. Business happens every day. You neglect Facebook. When they come back to that page, the algorithm is going to punish them very severely as they haven't posted in a while they're going to have to boost that thing heavily to get it running again but let's dice it even more what were they doing when they were putting up posts boosted posts ads a lot of salesy type language we're seeing here we're seeing bold blue letters we're seeing uh, stock photos of models we're seeing family oriented posts 
with a bunch of models. And that just, you know, I'm not going to say it doesn't work. Gap is a big brand. I think if they targeted correctly, if they use models that maybe were wearing wintry clothes and targeted to a wintry area that's very cold outside and use wintry language, I think it could be a fantastic pose still. But why don't we take it a step further? Why don't we create that experience for these types of clothing stores to succeed in 2019? It all starts with that young demographic to get them in your sales funnel, to work with them, to mold them, to get them to when they age up to a family, to buy those clothing options for their kids, to make this a big family purchase. The way you're going to win is not by selling a t-shirt or by selling a pair of shorts by selling family clothing options where you're going to make that $250 purchase to Gap and you're not necessarily going to be so worried about that 50% sale, you're going to be worried about the experience that you get from them. So something that I would like to see shifted on their page, you know, you can go look at it right now, facebook.com slash Gap, I would presume is the URL. Uh, what I would like to see change is I would love to see natural people. I'd love to see user-generated content. I'd like to see a Friday photo of the week of a smiling family that just purchased one of their newest products. Uh, yes, you can pay an Instagrammer to do this. You can call that sketchy media if you want to. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It's what we do now. And uh, get them to market for you. It's going to be awesome. And look, I'm not here to hate. I want to bring creativity to some of these brands. How do you get yourself out of the box? How do you create an experience that just isn't, you know, a sales message, a sales pitch, 40, 50% off? How can we be better than that? As a social media expert, my challenge when I'm sitting in my cubicle every day jamming some, you know, EDM tracks, some hip hop tracks to keep me up and going and keep me motivated, I'm always thinking, how am I different? Then that other brand right there. How am I different than all the noise when I was scrolling really fast through my phone? How am I getting somebody to stop? And the way that that is always going to be done is how do you personalize it for one-on-one -on -one conversation? I feel like for Gap, I feel like for clothing stores, the first step for them is to get pictures that identify with their target audiences. Now, I know it's easy to say, just go get some dummy user-generated content of any type of picture and just throw it up there, and that's probably how it sounds right out of the gate. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you're a corporate brand, you should have thousands of pictures. If you've got a, you know, an individualized hashtag where people can tag their content, um, if you give them some incentive to tag their content, they'll build up a bank. Inevitably, you get 5,000 pictures, you'll be able to find... 500 of them for the year to use for different posts. You ask for permission for those posts. You go ahead and post them up as your ads, your boosted content. You direct that boosted content to families. If it's a family photo, if it's a northern photo and a jacket, you separate that out. People up north only see that. If it's a general photo that you think everybody will like, wearing some green St. Patrick's Day, you put it out to everyone and get massive brand awareness. Brand awareness, getting people through the funnel, website clicks. This can all be attributed in the separate posts and kind of in a roundabout way. Bring it back together with your targeting. I think you can do it. I think big brands can do it. I think they need to start expanding their creativity. We see it all over the marketplace right now. How are you trying to get in front of people that 
are similar to the people that are in your photos and videos. This got to be the challenge for Gap. This got to be the challenge, I think, for clothing stores, or they will continue to lose to Amazon. Natural. That's what people want. They want to enter the funnel through a sales experience that doesn't feel like a sale. One of the things that stuck with me most from our last program is MD talking about how people want to trust social media as their friend, not their sales partner. People don't listen to ads. We do social media ads, but we want to do them in a natural way, a way that creates the experience. Whatever that experience is for Gap, I'm thinking family, I'm thinking young smiling faces, but I'm thinking interacting those people uh, with different you know landscapes around them maybe some sort of national challenge to wear your gap jeans and post them in front of your landmark in your city it could be a summer series in houston uh post it at minute Maid park um post you doing some sort of boomerang dance move in front of the water wall in houston st louis in front of the arch in new york city on times square fantastic opportunities to use roundabout ways to get your brand out there make it fun bring an experience and this is something that i think is is what really brands should be focused on uh, rather than just saying 50 percent off sell this thing for full price don't lower your brand uh, if you can sell this thing for full price heck sell it for full price but they the audience studies have shown especially this new younger demographic that's coming up yes they bargain shop but what they're shopping for more than anything an experience, and you have to begin that with your social media experience. Believe me, user-generated content, we're going to talk about that a lot um, as we move forward with this program. First thing I'd start for Gap is getting more of a natural look. Uh, they also have Facebook Shop that they can use to their advantage that they're presently not using. I would get on that as soon as I could. Using that natural experience, you can build the shop within the platform. Don't necessarily have to sell the products on the platform. You can just link it back to your website. It shortens the funnel. It puts the prices right in front of people. They can make those decisions, those buying decisions on Facebook through a mobile experience, swipe through their phones like we all do when we're at work and you're supposed to be working but you're taking a quick break on Facebook take a peek and then if you use some sort of retargeting options on your social media ads that will give you a seven day window into which they'll be hit by that same ad a multitude of time hopefully until they convert or till that runs out after seven days Gap, you got a lot of work to do your Instagram is pretty awesome right now I will say for I want to say is several thousand per post that they're getting in terms of engagement uh it looks good i don't know if it looks good to get someone into the buyer's journey like we're talking about i don't know if it's relating to people it's better than their facebook for whatever reason or updating instagram every day but not facebook instagram you're going to get more engagement you're going to get more reach you're probably going to get more natural interaction on there Facebook, you're going to have that silent audience that converts where you can go and be that paid social media manager. Cost per click, cost per conversion, numbers you're going to want to look at, building that natural implementation across all boards. That's how I run a clothing store, not to just pick on Gap. That's for all of them out there. I don't know if I see any of the big corporate brands really doing it right now. I do see some of the smaller brands, some of the mom and pops, uh, really utilizing influencers in that natural look uh, more to their ability. So again today, we're going to have 
Tony Bubb, the professional lover of life, joining us here in just a few minutes. So now directing the conversation over to LinkedIn. Uh, I feel like a platform that a lot of people seem to forget about, and they don't really, they really shouldn't be forgetting about it. Now, you want to use LinkedIn, obviously, a lot different than you would use for Instagram. You're using this for professional networking. You're using this uh, to get a job. You're using this to get noticed. But I also feel like it's a great uh, space to find yourself as a personal brand. Uh, it gives you a little bit more uh, reach in terms of not being cluttered with a lot of people that some of the other platforms will do. Uh, right now, LinkedIn statistics, 500 million users. Now, that sounds like a large number, but when you think about it, only 3 million of these people currently are sharing content. So for whatever reason, there's a lot of people on LinkedIn, probably because you Google it and you said you're supposed to join one if you're searching for jobs, but only 3 million of these 500 million people are sharing content. And that makes up for 9 billion impressions per week. It's a lot of impressions coming from only 3 million people. So what does that mean for you? There is a lot of opportunity to be seen on this platform without having to pay a cent. It's all about content, 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 driving this platform to become a mega superstar. Now, will it stay like that forever? We're already seeing paid ads, we're seeing paid videos, we're seeing different uh, interpretations of how LinkedIn is being used. Ever since Microsoft purchased this website in 2016, it has been a wide evolution and it showed wide growth. Uh, LinkedIn right now, over 50% of B2B traffic to blogs on the internet. Um, it is a leader in getting the audience to a blog site, to your website. And business to business can mean a lot of different things. We think of business to business, maybe an engineering company. Um, so you're like listening to me right now and you're wondering, why do I need to use LinkedIn? What well, does your company need sponsors? B2B. Uh, do you looking, are you looking to hire contractors, freelance workers? B2B. Always got to be on this thing marketing. CEOs, fantastic opportunity to connect yourself to other CEOs in your marketplace for partnerships, for branding, for awareness. Endless opportunities. Over 50%, I'm going to say that again, over 50% of B2B traffic coming into blogs, blogging, as you know, if you're a digital person, is a monumental way to try to lead to what I would call an indirect conversion. Over 50% of the way people are getting to those blogs comes in from LinkedIn. And a lot of that's organic, too. We like to say the organic algorithms are dead. Uh, they're pretty long gone. They're, they're in zombie mode right now for some of the other platforms. I still believe it can work on LinkedIn. Take advantage of it right now while it lasts. And then final little number here that I'd like to throw out there. 45% of LinkedIn article readers are C-level executives. So if it's, you're just trying to get your name out there, if you're trying to you know, work on your writing skills, you want to write an article. Uh, there were days in the past, and that past is like five years ago, six years ago, where if you were a professional trying to get your name out there, you couldn't just throw your name out there. You had to apply through long job applications. You had to, uh, you know, go in and meet people at conventions. You had to know the right people. We had to do all these different things. Right now, if you're just looking to get out there or if you're just got something got to get off your chest, you're like, meet it. 
for sometimes I just write articles with no goal in mind. Besides, I love to write articles and I like to inspire others. Uh, 45% of LinkedIn articles, article readers are C-level executives. You know, it never hurts to have some nice people reading your articles. So what I got to say, LinkedIn, a great place to grow your content. But how do you grow your content? How do you grow your brand? Um, your brand can be a lot of things. For Tony Bubb, it's about uh, inspiration in the workplace, inspiration for life. Um, the way that you might try to grow your personal brand might be how to do engineering for dummies. It might be, for me, how uh, to get more people to believe in social media. Uh, whatever it is, whatever you're passionate about, I think there's a place for it on this platform, and I think that you will find these tips very handy as I bring in one of the greatest experts from LinkedIn marketing. So right now, let's bring her in. It's Tony Bubb. I'm really excited to have her for this edition of Social Media Hustling. We're welcoming Tony Bubb, the LinkedIn superstar, I like to call her, my former recruiter, TonyBubb.com, and most importantly, the professional lover of life. Um, I've known Tony now for uh, right around about two years, I believe, now I started working with her, and um, I was a person that you'll hear me talk about uh, a lot on this program about uh, how I ran into a bad situation in my career. I was unemployed for four months, but even leading up to that, I got into a situation where we knew the company was going bankrupt. We knew we basically were probably losing our jobs at one point or another. It was basically like Survivor Island out there. And, you know, when you get in those situations, there's not um, always a lot of smiling faces. There's not a lot of positivity around you. And there's times you have to dig deep and there's times you just need another smiling face to talk to and someone around you who can give you tips. Uh, Tony was someone that worked with me as a recruiter, then also um, just worked with me, giving me advice and watching her videos on LinkedIn as well. Oh, thousands of followers, a great community. Um, she does phenomenal work over there, really leading people uh, through the job market, through the workplace, and not so much as telling them how to write a resume, but explaining to them what it takes uh, to be happy in their life, to be fulfilled, to think outside of work, think outside of the box. Uh, one of the greatest philosophers that we know, um, I would say, on LinkedIn. And then also competing right now, the next impactor.com. Um, we'll get more into that later in the program, but be sure right now, write it down on your tablet, your computer, whatever it may be, the next impactor.com and help Tony out by voting. So with that, Tony, welcome to the program on social media hustling. We're really happy to have you today. Hi, Andy. Thank you so much for having me and I appreciate that warm introduction. Most definitely. And I want to jump right into it. So LinkedIn, I, you know, a funny story, I probably haven't ever told you this is before we started working together, I actually saw you quite a bit on LinkedIn. So when you did give me a call about a job, I was like, that's that Tony girl that I always see on there <laughs> posting content that's really cool. Um, Aww. What, I didn't know that. That is no. true. <laughs> yeah, so uh, giving you some surprise stories here. We have to save them for the podcast. But I want to lead off with LinkedIn tricks and tips. You've uh, grown a very solid following on your account. You've been doing it. You're consistent video content. Uh, what have you done to separate yourself from the rest? And really, what trends have you seen over the past few years that have led you to get where you're at? 
Yeah, sure. So I remember when I first got into LinkedIn, I was when I first moved to Houston, that was about five years ago now. And my goal at the time was to get 500 connections. <laughs> so uh, that was the goal because I wanted to get into recruiting. And I felt like a lot of the recruiters, like you had to have a lot of good connections in order to find the best talent. So that was always my goal. And when I would connect with people, I would make sure that I was consciously connecting with people. So I wasn't just connecting with people to connect and have my number go up. I was actually connecting with people that I thought would be a value not only to myself, but I could be a value to them as well. So they might be, they look like they were superstars, players and whatever they were doing. So that's how I was learning to connect when I first started doing it. And, uh, I just started posting content around experiences that I had had in the job, in you know, in my career basically, and just being authentic and just being honest about what I was posting about. So that's really how I started. Now, when I really started to see my numbers go up was when I started my um, one of my startup companies, which is no longer going, but I we'll talk about that later because I have a new thing I'm working on. But I was working in the personal and professional development industry. And again, I really wasn't, I was really just looking to talk to people about real life experiences that they were going through and both their personal lives and their professional lives. Because what I found as a recruiter in talking to probably thousands of people was that there was patterns and that it wasn't just about changing your job. It was about how it was impacting your health, your family relationships. So I would speak about it in a holistic way. And that's what I started doing. I started doing posts and I started writing about it and blogging about it and, and telling my stories. And that's when I started to see my, uh, my numbers really increase. Um, and then when they really started to, to boost was when I started to use video. Do you want me to talk about that? Yes. So let's talk about video. So that's something that is relatively new to the LinkedIn game. Something that I've seen, Tony, is that a video on LinkedIn versus maybe a video on Facebook. So a video on Facebook have about about a three to four hour lifespan organically unless you boost it. But I've seen that LinkedIn, because it's a new concept, because it's not as cluttered, that if you do have that authentic content that you're talking about, that you can necessarily get people engaging on that video for day after day, and it really lives for you know five to seven days at times. Yeah, and even longer, actually, too. So I will see that like or comment on stuff that I posted from months ago. So it, it's interesting because if they see something they really like, then they're usually looking for more. And there's different ways to set that up on your, your LinkedIn profile, which I'm still even playing around with because to be quite honest, um, with everyone, I didn't really go into it with a strategy. My goal was just to start talking about uh, the things that I believed in and, and building an audience around people that were having the same issues. And eventually with my business, I was going to put together a strategy, but it just kind of organically happened. And I think that's what's part of my brand is being so authentic and that I, I there was not really a, a business per se attached to it, you know, directly at the time that was the end goal. But in the beginning, I was really just talking about things that I felt like people could relate to and that just really easy tips. So I kept my videos pretty short and I also try to be creative with them as well. So I, I, I want to make change fun and the experience of going through these not so fun experiences a little bit more enjoyable for people because it is a really hard time. And 
and people get depressed and people get frustrated with the process. You know, one video that stuck out to me, and you may remember this one, uh, you went on there and you said that you had just left your job and you were happy, you're singing, you're, you know, crazy. I was like, you know, I saw that and I was like, if Tony's this happy right now and she's moving forward with new endeavors and embarking on something to where you just, you don't know what it's going to be, that excitement to me, it rubbed off on me. It rubs off on other people too. And one thing that I know we talk about engagements on here, we talk about sharing posts and liking posts, the different ways that people can interact with you. But there's also a majority uh, that don't interact, and you just really never know who you're hitting out there. So when you do something like this, uh, there is a wide audience on your page. And I think that uh, what's great about it is you just never really know. Uh, what a personalized video like this can do. And it may not be LinkedIn for you uh, or for someone else. It could be Instagram for someone else. It could be Facebook. There's a lot of people building that personal brand. uh, And there's definitely a lot of people out there to hit, as we've talked about over and over again, billions right now of users on social media. You just never know who's looking at your content. Right, right. And I've gotten a lot of leads and opportunities that I wasn't even looking for by just being myself, basically, but also providing value. So I think that's very important on LinkedIn. I'm not saying you can't provide value on the other social media platforms, but especially on LinkedIn, when you're on a business platform, yeah, I might be goofy and kind of funny and I'll sing and I'll rap and I'll do that stuff. But at the end of the day, um, people are able to walk away with things that they can actually use or things they can go and research that will help out in their professional lives or their personal lives. And one really important tactic that you mentioned too is that keeping these videos short, you you mm-hmm. title them with a point that you're trying to come in with, that this is the topic that they're looking for. They might play these on their phone while they're at work and messing around in a quick 50 seconds. Those are the videos that are going to get you noticed. For instance, something that I do for this podcast is I'll post a 50-second video in hopes that you become that one percenter that goes down to the funnel and is going to listen through a 30- to 40-minute podcast. So getting that attention getter out there uh, and being authentic, you have you know 50 seconds to a minute sometimes. To, it's your one shot to really get somebody to you know come aboard and they may have that opportunity that you're talking about. So uh, really, you know, just another plug while we're in the interview right now. If you haven't watched Tony's videos, go find her LinkedIn, Tony Bub, and just check them out so you can kind of relate what we're talking about. Um, another thing that you do very well and something that gets, I think, overlooked by even the biggest businesses out there. I find uh, accounts that have 30 million followers and are still not doing this, and I think they're losing money every single day because of it is simply responding to people. You know, I can't tell you how happy it makes a person just when they leave a comment on a business page or a personal page, they get a like, they get a response. It could be as simple as, thank you, Andy. I hope you have a great day. I hope this inspired you. Right, right. So that's something that I consciously really try to make time to do. And I try to... uh, make sure that I'm in the moment, if that makes sense. Because if you're not, then I feel like your answers, I feel like they can feel your energy, right? And I want them to feel like they, I appreciate that they took the time to respond to my, my message that I'm putting out there. So, and 
I've been talking to you about people too that are growing, you know, it's really important for me. And once, once I get bigger, cause I had a team helping me out before now, I usually always responded to my own messages, but it does get overwhelming once your inbox starts having a lot of people coming in. So having a team and also being authentic, if you have a team and someone answering those responses. So the one thing that I don't like is when these big celebrities have other people answering and they're not being authentic, like about it. Like they're not saying that I have a team member that is answering those responses. So if you actually really think the celebrity is responding to you and it's really someone else. So, um, yeah. So just taking the time to really read what they're saying and, and also taking the time to, to respond to their content, not just on your content, I think is important as well. Definitely. And, you know, that's one of the biggest ways we'll talk about this in other podcasts, but just ways that we see right now to grow an Instagram account. Everybody wants the secret sauce. Everyone wants to throw money at it and just make it happen. Uh, We found through studies that the easiest way to grow an Instagram is simply clicking like on accounts that are similar to yours and clicking like on their posts and connecting that way. So there really is still that human aspect to social media. And no matter how big of a business this gets, it's always going to be a part of it. And something that we want to uh, really, you know, go all in with. If, if we can do it, if we have the time to do it, that's the hardest thing you said, Tony, is finding the time. Um, I feel like something that has to evolve um, for this next generation that's coming up, Gen Z or whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> they need to look for these types of opportunities. If somebody's running an account uh, where they need help responding to people, you know, do it for free. Ask for an internship. Ask if you can, you know, help your big brother's friends, fiance's business. Like those are ways that you just get started and getting into the mix with someone like you, Tony, um, that would be, you know, substantial just to get involved. So finding ways to get involved and finding ways to help because there are a lot of people that are looking for teams that are working, looking for help. And sometimes uh, they find these opportunities on social media just by asking a question. And no matter how many times you get shot down, um, there might be someone out there that's willing to utilize one of these youngsters. And, you know, especially if they're bright, willing to put forth the work. Yeah, no, I can completely agree. And I was very fortunate before when I had a team that they were very like-minded. So anyone that was helping me with content, um, and I always make sure to give them credit too. So if I had people helping me write, um, I wanted them to get credit for their work. I didn't want it to seem like I had a ghost writer. And, uh, but it was, the nice thing was they, they were in alignment with my goals and my vision. So it's always important that you understand what that is. And that's something that I talk about a lot is what is your why? And are you contributing to that end of the day? So are you staying in alignment with what your purpose is and the career opportunities are, are in alignment? And I think you and I have talked about a lot that a lot as well, Andy. Definitely. You know, really, anything that you put out has to have a purpose. Uh, A lot of people talk about post quantities on social media. If I could squash one theory, that's one that I would love to squash, is that forget quantity, think of quality. If your quality is you have enough content to do four posts a day, well, darn got it, do four posts a day. It'll work for you. People will engage with quality content, but if you're just putting stuff out there to put it out there, you have to ask yourself why you're doing it all the time. And Speaking of why, the professional lover of life. So, Tony, there's probably a lot of users that look at your name and they (laughs) want to know the story behind it. I know the story behind it. 
but yeah. we have to use some time to explain that. Yeah, the professional lover of life was definitely an accident, uh, and it was kind of a shock for America <laughs> at the time. So about five years ago, I got burned out. I was working as a corporate, um, not corporate recruiter, an agency recruiter in in um, corporate America, and I got really burned out, and it, it made me really sick. And I had back issues, um, stomach issues, um, pretty much anything you can think of, anxiety, depression. And I literally just um, went into work one day and decided to book a one-way flight to an island where I had never been and I didn't know anyone. And I uh, went down there and (laughs) I was on LinkedIn, pretty active at the time, and changed my title to professional lover of life. And I just really had no intention of it ever staying like that throughout my career. But I started to have people that men and women who were pretty high up director level, executive level owners of businesses, um, compliment me on it and say it just made them smile. And people still took me seriously. Okay, well, I'm just going to keep that title. And, and therefore I have. (laughs) That's a great story. And yeah. You, you know, when we look at people on social media, and this kind of just all plays into it, is that, you know, a lot of times we see someone, we see a beautiful woman as yourself, and we just think that, hey, they, they're they on social media, they haven't made, you know, they did XX and X, of course they're famous, you know, they must have known someone or whatever, they're always looking for, for some reason, but what you go on there, and you keep it as real as anybody uh, you talk about your vulnerabilities, your insecurities, how you got from uh, A to B, and it's really fitting. You know, it's it's something that is inspiring to the audience, and something has a nice ring to it. You know, it's a great hashtag too. It's it's almost too long, but it's just perfect, and it plays really good for your brand. So it's something uh, that. You know, I would always say stick with it as long as you can, especially that title on LinkedIn. It, it really makes everybody kind of when they're scrolling through, they have to read it twice. It's like, oh, it does say that. <laughs> yes, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, it's uh, it's It's been fun to have and I really can't let it go. And I think you brought up a really good point about talking about all aspects of business. Uh, I think that's another reason why I was able to grow my following because I was just talking about the ups and the victories. So a lot of times you'll see people just talking about, oh, I just booked this speaking engagement or, oh, I just booked this. And and they're always like kind of bragging about themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but I also would talk about you know, oh, I got my $200,000 investment, but then I'm going to talk about when I lost it all or my CEO decided that he overcommitted and, and is going to move forward with another startup. Like those are the real, you know, parts of a startup, you know, and people need to understand this. I don't feel that everyone is meant to be working in a startup or be an entrepreneur. And I think people need to know what all gets is involved when, it, when you, you go out on your own. <laughs> so so when people brag on social media we have a name mm. for that tony it's called <laughs> hashtag social media swag oh okay <laughs> so uh, i feel like there i like to say that you gotta have a certain amount of it to be on social which you have the swag but you gotta keep it real too so there's that that balance we're always trying to strive to find that balance uh okay. so that's a a really good way that you put it though just to balance everything out keep it real uh, and your audience really responds to it, which, 
you know, it's not easy to do. It's a, it's a very crowded marketplace out there. There's a lot of people buying uh, for those times on those time buying for presence on those timelines on social media accounts. So it does take the work. Um, slipping over here to the modern workplace, a lot of what you do talk about on your videos, tech kind of is taking it off social media here. Uh, the modern workplace, work-life balance, chasing your dreams, all of these great things. You know, we all come in as 22, 23-year-olds, wide-eyed. We're going to take the world by storm. Nothing's going to stop us. Inevitably, Tony, I don't know if I know one that wasn't smacked hard at some point in their 20s and either had to rebuild themselves, their job wasn't what they thought it was going to be, the politics, whatever it may be. If there's some sort of advice you could give to young professionals and trying to balance everything and, and really chase what they're looking for, uh, what is your two to three minute pitch? Yes, it's, it's the easiest advice I'm going to give you, but also the hardest because everyone already knows usually what they want to be doing, but they let everyone else convince them otherwise. So the, the main thing I can tell you is if you know what you want to do and your heart knows that, regardless of what your friends say, regardless of what your parents say, regardless of what your teachers say, stay true to what you want to do and you will end up where you're supposed to. Even if you end up pivoting or changing a couple times, that's fine. But you have to stay true to what your heart's desire is. Otherwise, that's when you're going to hit a lot of bumps in the road and a lot of dissatisfaction that's usually where it comes in because you're living up to other people's expectations and other people's uh perceptions of what you should be doing and i think a big thing too and you know correct me if i'm wrong is that sometimes uh things change you know when you what you loved when you were 23 may not be what you love when you're 28 after you get into the field and you have to be able to tell a 23 year old uh, Tony or Andy that, hey, you know, I'm ready to make a change. I'm ready to do things different. Sometimes, you know, to your point, I think it's almost hard uh, to admit to make that change. And right now, a lot of people are making the change in the social media for a career. Uh, and that's something I want to keep influencing that people of all walks of life can get into this. And maybe it feels a little weird, like it's not, you know, we're not doing heart transplants or building buildings. But you know, it's a very big role that I'm trying to promote on here, and it's huge for businesses, as we've seen. But sometimes, you know, things just change with you personally, and what you really want to do, you just got to follow your heart. And, you know, sometimes it's just talking to the mirror and, and getting it out of yourself. It doesn't happen overnight, but I think over the course of time, everyone starts to realize where they're headed. It's just if they want to go all in with it. Right. And I, I think also it's really important is not to be doing it for the followers and the fame and the quick money. So if I could speak to that too, I mean, the, the, the reason why I think it's so good that you're doing this is because I've always known that you're super passionate about social media, right? So I think that's why a lot of people got to be, you need to be careful and doing it just to make that money really quickly or because you want a certain lifestyle, make sure that it holistically fits in with what you want to be doing and, and explore that and understand that your purpose is not just like the set thing in stone. It's something that evolves as you grow and you learn about yourself and also you learn from others and you get advice and, and mentorship from others. So that's another thing I would highly recommend is make sure you have someone that's been through the game that you can trust and confide in to ask questions about when you get into those sticky circumstances when you have to make big life changes. 
Definitely. And mentorship, networking. Um, if you're getting into social media, there's endless opportunities of people on these forums and on, on these different platforms that can help you in those regards. Uh, so we're running quickly, quick, quickly to the end here of the interview. So, Tony, I want you to give us a short plug here. Uh, the next impactor.com. I believe you're in a competition. I watched a video rocking the red headband. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> and I hear that you're working on some other projects. So can you just explain what you're working on, where we can find you and all of those good stuff? Good yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have joined the next impactor competition, but it's really turned into more of a community thing. It's a lot of pe- great people out there that are trying to make an impact in the world around issues that are, are, are not so happy to discuss, to be honest with you. So mental health issues, chronic stress, uh, depression, suicide. And so what I'm focusing on is workplace culture uh, because employee engagement is at an all-time low. 80% of people are not engaged with their jobs. It's also affecting healthcare. Uh, $300 billion a year is spent on healthcare related to um, job-related stress. So I'm looking to change the workplace experience and and really enhance that and make it more enjoyable for people to make sure that they're they're going into work situations that that are good fits for them and that the top of these organizations are starting to do something about it. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. You're all uh, over the place again. TonyBub.com, NextImpactor.com, and you know when we do post this podcast, we'll put the links in there as well. Um, to get as many people involved as they can. Uh, but this has been really exciting for me, Tony. You know, when I first put this podcast together, it's like we have to get Tony on pretty early and, and talk about these things. And it's something to where, you know, I think we'll both continue to evolve over time and, you know, maybe get you back on here and, you know, several months down the line. And I'm sure we'll be talking about a whole list of different things, LinkedIn changes, workplace changes, whatever it may be. Uh, but this was really exciting for me to have you. And I'm sure, actually, I know that our listeners will take something from this. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for having me, Andy. And thanks for always being authentic and true to what you're passionate about. Thank you, Tony. TonyBub.com, the professional lover of life, LinkedIn.com slash TonyBub. Go ahead and find her, follow her, interact with her. A fantastic guest on the program. And I don't know if you're inspired right now. But I sure am. I'm ready to go do some great things. And, you know, just speaking about the professional world, the digital marketing world, uh, social media swag uh, that we discussed a little bit during that conversation, uh, it's important. You need to be able to keep that with you, that confidence, that inner strength, that thing, whatever it may be for you that pushes you to go out and be great. We can see it in your social media writing. We can see it in your day-to-day work. Uh, Go out there, put your best foot forth, and remain positive. Follow those goals, all those cliches, but you can't hear them enough. And really, when I hear... Um, you know, someone like Tony, uh, obviously some of the Gary V's of the world, the people who are a little loud and scream at the camera, uh, you know, they come in, they're authentic, they tell you the way it is, but they always have a smile on their face. And that's something that's very consistent. It's easy to tell someone uh, to go and do better, to go and be positive. It's another to live that life and be that better person, be that bigger person that wears your smile every single place that you go. So, I want to conclude this podcast with something that, 
you know, Tony talked about a little bit here, and that's being true to yourself. Uh, that is going after what you want, not listening to all the noise that surrounds us. Uh, being in social media, there is a lot of freaking noise on Twitter specifically, but really all the platforms. Uh, we have, you know, different people that you're telling you you're supposed to be like this. Your friends are supposed to be, you know, supposed to be like them. Your parents say you're supposed to be like this. And I think all these influences are important. I think it's having people around you uh, that can you know, kind of aid your decisions and can kind of, you know, build positive philosophies uh, for you. And, you know, you do want to surround yourself with good people. But at that same token, uh, it's about doing what you want. You have one life to live. And I think with the social media hustle, with the social media lifestyle, going deep into this career that I've been so lucky to be in, uh, I definitely have caught some great breaks. I've definitely made some great relationships. But at the end of the day, the reason... I am where I'm at right now and where I'll be at in 10 years from now is because I always believed that I had that ability to just go bigger. Uh, when I was doing radio, we might have been the third place station, but I didn't see myself like that. I saw myself as an all-star digital marketer. I didn't have a whole lot of budget to work with. We didn't have the Texans. We didn't have the Rockets. I mean, I've told this story a million times. I've told it on this podcast you just have to find a way. You have to find a way to get over to the top. You have to find a way to beat your competitors. You have to find a way to beat the demons within yourself. You know, I look at myself right now, uh, and there's a lot of perceptions about me, a lot negative. I mean, there's people listening to this podcast right now laughing at me uh, to think that I have some sort of ego that, you know, I talk about being the best at social media and what the hell is social media? That's a career. Uh, he's just a bunch of talk. It's a mumbo jumbo. I know it's out there. I know people whisper behind my back every day uh, once they get the chance for some of the stuff that I post out there. But that is not going to stop my positive vibes. It's not going to stop my smiles. It's not going to stop my hustle. Uh, you know, going back and looking at other perceptions. The reason I left radio, a lot of people in that industry right now label me as someone who sold out on their passion, sold out and ran for the money in other industries in a more lucrative field such as digital uh, media marketing. Marketing, but you know what? I don't have to answer to them. I don't have to explain any decision to them. The people that I want to explain these decisions to are the ones that are listening right here. I want to give you that positive mojo. I want to tell you what's happening in the social media world. I want to inspire. Uh, we all have our insecurities. We're all fighting these different battles. Uh, if you just look at me personally, I'm 30 years old. Don't have a girlfriend. Don't hasn't haven't got married. Haven't popped out the kids. Haven't bought a house. Uh, that's something that I see people uh, in my age group, you know, mind you, some of them that are married are jealous of me. But for the most part, in my age group, it's just this assumption at this point that, you know, you've done all these things, that you're at this point in life that maybe you're done hustling and maybe I'm immature because I'm a dreamer and I just go for these things. And you don't think that I sit back and have some, you know, insecurities replaying girlfriends from my 20s that... You know, I was chasing radio. I wasn't making a lot of money. Um, I couldn't balance the dating 
work-life scenarios properly. You don't think I think about that and play that stuff in my head every day? Sure I do. But at the end of the day, uh, I know what I'm doing is right for me. I know that going all in with social media, to going all in with my career uh, is what I want to do right now. And I want to see where, you know, obviously how big we can go with social media, you know, where I work at Space Center, where I do and then doing this podcast on here, how big can we make this thing? Uh, but, you know, there's a bunch of other things in life. Obviously, I want everything. I want every box to be checked. But that can't stop the hustle. You can't stop and look at other people. You can't worry about what someone else is saying about you right now because you can only do what is in the moment right now. And for social media specialists, uh, wherever you are, uh, working at $100 budgets, working at $100,000 budgets, you have to remember the right now. You have to remember how to hustle. You have to hustle a little bit harder than others. You have to prove your worth. You have to prove your meal ticket at the table before you can really see uh, what I would say the dividends of this lucrative career. Use Tony Bubba as a great example uh, in the talk that we just had, the inspiration she provided someone that just went in there and did it, continues to do it, continues to evolve her brand, and does it from the wellness of her heart. She likes to help people. That is what makes her special. That is what, you know, looking at her as an inspiration for a podcast of this nature, I hope that I can have that impact on at least one person somewhere down the road. Uh, so just recapping, you know, what we've talked about today, uh, LinkedIn hustling, you know, you got to get on there. Uh, if you're looking for a job right now, if you're just looking to grow your brand, um, that is the market if you're an organic marketer. Um, obviously, a little bit different on there. It's not all pictures like Instagram. Hashtags are going to be a little different. You're going to need to write more long-form-based articles, maybe video content. It's not going to work the same to what you've been used to, but it'll also probably be a little cheaper than what you've been used to if you know how to get that content trending. I talked about Gap Stores, 770. 75 closing. What do they do? I'm sorry about picking on you, Gap, but I'm just looking at the clothing industry as a whole. I think there's a huge market there when you just relate to your audience on more of a self-to-self, person-to-person type mojo, type post, that one-on-one -on -one interaction. Will we find it? I think that some of these corporate companies need to do that. And then finally, just a little bit of self-esteem boosting right there. We could all use that, right? Going all in on this social media thing. It's worked for me. It's I continue to evolve. I continue to have insecurities. I continue to grow as a person. And I wouldn't have had as much fun doing it in any under other industry than doing it with social media, digital media marketing. So that's it for this episode. I always want to remind you when we sign off here, I want you not to be good, not to be great, but to be the best and go out and make a play. It's been Social Media Hustling with Andy Pondillo.